Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Jesus came to be the sacrifice for sin. You know, a lot of people say, in fact, um, there's a, uh, uh, several religions out there that say Jesus failed in his mission. His mission was really to get married and propagate and have a bunch of kids and all these things. And a doggone devil caught him and had him killed. And, and they don't even want to tell you that he came back to life. But they got all these crazy things. Jesus came explicitly to die for us on the cross. Now, I think that's amazing. In other words, Jesus didn't get in a bad way and he just didn't get out of Dodge in time. And so they grabbed him and they crucified him. No, Jesus willfully went where he knew they were going to take him and later on that day, crucify him. Why is that? Because he loved us. Somebody said one time, and I think well said, it wasn't nails that held Jesus to the cross, it was love. And it was the love for you and me that kept us from, uh, from going into a place eternally separated from him. Verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Oh, that God would look at every one of us on, on the day when we stand before him. That He said, you finished the work I've given you to do. I, I, I heard a saying one time, you probably saw that too. It says, God's given me so many things to do, uh, I'll never die. <laughs> but... Um, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, if you like to mark things in your Bible, you might put your hand right there. And I'm just going to read you something out of Isaiah 42.8. Isaiah 42.8. Because this is where many religions get off. They say either Jesus was a created being or he was Michael the archangel, or he was the half-brother of Satan, or some other goofy thing. But notice what it says here in Isaiah 42.8. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to graven images. He said, I will not share who I am with anybody. And yet here Jesus says, and now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was not a created being. He is the creator of all things. In fact, in the Bible, it says he's the firstborn of all creation. That doesn't mean he was created. That means he was the first bearer of everything that there is. Isn't that amazing? Everything you see, Jesus made. Now, if if you're into engineering at all, or if you're into like thinking, physics, and things like that, I I think about how God made everything. God made everything out of nothing. Wow, that's pretty hard to do. I can usually make something out of something. I sometimes can make a really good mess out of stuff. But God can make something out of nothing. And then we find out that everything, the chair you're sitting on, your skin, your clothes, they're atoms. Not Eve's, just Adam's. No, Adam's, those little microscopic 
bundles of energy, and depending on how many nuclei there are and how many protons there are, depends whether it's wood, metal, it's just energy. Everything you see is just energy bound together. And I think about that, and I go, God, you took nothing, energized it, and here we are. I like that. What's too hard for God? What's your issue in your life this morning that you're having trouble with overcoming or you got a problem or there's an issue or something that's troubling you? Listen, God has a way of fixing what's wrong in your life. He made you, he knows you, and he knows how to fix it. Now he says, I have manifested or revealed your name to men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. By the way, Jesus now is praying for the disciples. Now, I like this. Notice, it says, you've given them to me, and they have kept your word. Really? (laughs) Have you read some of the things the disciples did? Jesus is being very gracious here. And this is the mercy of God and the grace of God that we find here. Jesus is on his way. I I can't, uh, sometimes in the Bible, if you stop and really think about what you're reading, it it blows your mind. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, okay, to die for our sins. This is towards the end of his ministry. He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he's going along, and he sends the disciples into the town ahead of him to get them lodging on their journey, ready to go. They came back to Jesus, and they said, Jesus... They wouldn't give us a motel room. The Motel 6 sauce and slammed the door. They didn't keep the light on for us. And then James and John, sons of thunder, that's probably why they were called that, they said this to Jesus. Now I can just see Jesus going along. They just go ahead. And and I'm sure Jesus was testing him. He knew what was going on there. And he sends them along, and they come back, and they said, no one would give us a motel room. They look at each other, and they look at Jesus, and they say, Jesus, shall we call fire down from heaven and consume them? Don't you know this warm Jesus' heart? I'm at the end of my ministry. I've been telling you to love one another, and because you can't get a motel room, your response is, let's toast them. I can just see Jesus going, haven't you been listening? Haven't you been watching? Have you got a clue? And then Jesus says this. I have manifested your name to men whom you have given me, and out of the world they were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Oh, oh, Jesus is forgiving, isn't he? You got to realize when Jesus said this, it was only a few weeks earlier that they said, God, let us call fire down from heaven and burn them up. I look at this and I realize God is a gracious God towards us. He loves you. He loves me. He wants to see us do well. And in spite of our God, shall we call fire from heaven and consume them? God still says, they're hanging in there. My question this morning to you, are you hanging in there? Are you letting God have his way in your life? Can you honestly say, as Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you still say that in your heart? God, I really want to see your kingdom come. I want you to use me to do it. That's what a Christian is. Whose hands does God have? Yours and mine. Whose feet does God have? Yours and mine. Whose eyes do God have here on this earth? Yours and mine. See, that's when we surrender our will to God. It isn't just, well, you know, God, thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for pie in the sweet by and by, because I'm going to, you know, no, we're saved for a reason. I've shared this before, but I was in a Sunday school class one time, and we had this discussion, and, and the teacher said, the most important thing for a Christian is, is to get to heaven. And I said, I don't think so. I think heaven is for worn out Christians. God's got a great place for us up there. The most important thing for a Christian to do is be about daddy's business. You see, we're his hands, we're his feet, we're his, his, his representatives here in a world that doesn't even know who he is. Do you realize in you, wherever you go, Jesus said the kingdom of God reigns. Why is that? Because you're there and he's in you. See, that's why. And so when you stop to think about it for a minute, there are many, many places that are very good in this earth. So wherever you go, you bring a little bit of heaven with you. And I like that. You see, we're here for a lot of reasons. Sometimes we have to tell people the truth. People say, I, I got problems. And you say, well, here, here's why. And you begin to explain to them. Sometimes truth hurts. But sometimes when we come into somebody's life, we're burden lifters. We see the, the issues that are in their life and we're saying, well, here, I'm here to help. I'm not here to condemn or point my finger at you. I'm, I'm here to lift you up. Just as somebody else lifted me up when I need it. Friends, I'd love to say there'll be a point in our lives where we won't need people around us to lift us up. But let me tell you something. I guarantee you, you're going to need people in your life to help you, to bless you, to lift you up. Where do you go for that? And are the people that are lifting you up, so to speak, helping you or hurting you? Oh, you're having a bad day? Here's a little bag of dope. That ain't helping you. That's hurting you. But you know, when you have a God in heaven where we have issues in our life, we go and say, you know, let me pray for you. Let me see what God will do. Or if they say they have a need and, you, and we've got two of them in our garage, I, well, let me give you one. Let me help you. That's what Christianity is. That's how God works. You see, God looks for people he can pour his blessings through and out. And God just keeps doing that because that's the way God works. Now, I want to be careful that I don't become a, I don't become a Grand Teton Dam or something like that where it just keeps flowing into me and I just keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. And, fatter. and meanwhile, everybody around me is starving. No, God wants to whoosh. Let those blessings go out. God who has everything. Notice he says again, concerning his disciples. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. Wow. This is what he taught his disciples. All things you have given me, Jesus says, are from you. All things God gives you are from him. Always remember, they come down from the Father of lights. Blessings come down. Again, when we get together, we sing songs, we worship, we look at his word. It reminds me, what is the source of the blessings of my life? You know why? I forget. 
I don't care whether you've been saved a day or saved a hundred years. You have the potential to forget God. This is one of the things that David said. He said, God, never make me rich that I forget you. That goes against what a lot of the uh, mega churches are saying today. He said, don't make me rich that I forget you. You know, you can get to the point where you don't need God for anything. You don't believe me, it happens, even in our own lives. I shared this before, but you know, when we're when we first come to the Lord and we're kind of poor and we got an old worn out car, an old worn out washing machine, a worn out dryer, and we're going, Oh God, please, we lay hands on our okay, everybody, let's gather around the washing machine. God, let it do one more load. Junga 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 junga. Oh yeah, it's working. You know, oh thank you, God. We go out and get in our car that doesn't always start. Oh, God, please, let it start one more time. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And God begins to bless us. He gets control of our finances. We're not not spending uh, $5,000, $4,000, $2,500, $200 a month on dope. We start having money. And we buy a car that runs. Well, I don't pray about my car starting anymore. As far as a washing machine, I went down and got a, a brand new one. I don't pray about my washing machine working anymore. In fact, I've used my money to pretty much replace everything in my life that I used to pray about. I don't even need to pray anymore. See the danger? That's what David said. He said, God, don't make me rich that I forget you, but don't make me poor that I embarrass you by begging. There's a balance in our lives, friends. And I know oftentimes we think, well, you know, that would never happen to me. Really? Have you ever had a car that didn't start and used to pray, and now you don't pray about your car starting? My hands up. Because I recognize that. I realize how convenience can remove my dependency upon God. So Jesus is speaking concerning his disciples, remembering that all things come down from God. So again, to thank him for what he's done for us. Again, verse 7. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given to me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came from you and that they have believed that you sent me. That was the purpose that Jesus came, was to convey to them that he was the savior of the world and how important that is. And he says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. Notice this. Jesus saying, I don't pray for the world. I pray for them, those followers of mine. He says, I pray for them, but for those whom you have given to me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now, I'm no longer in the world. Jesus is speaking that he's going to send to the Father eventually here. But they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those you have given to me, that they may be one as we are. Isn't that something? That they may be one. We'll finish this next week. 
but they'd be one. Do you know how much you can accomplish when you're at one with your spouse? Do you know how much you can accomplish when you're at one with a fellowship? Do you know how much you can accomplish when you're at one with your business? In other words, spreading yourself out too thin? What can happen? Jesus' prayer was that those who loved him, his disciples, would be one. Why is that an issue? Because division is part of the Olson nature. To divide unto yourself. And Jesus recognizes that and he prays for protection for his disciples that they would remain in unity and in harmony to do something for the kingdom of God. You see, you have to pick your battles wisely, friends. And a lot of us spend time majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. Do you realize that you have real battles in your life? Now, you may not even realize it today, how big a battle some of these battles are. But you trust God to wade through that. See, Jesus realized that when he died on the cross, in fact, in the verses before uh, verse 33, we go back to verse 32, he talks about how they would have a tendency to scatter when Jesus was crucified on the cross, but he prayed that they would come back together again. And then in 17, that they would unify and realize the importance of unity. He said, Father, unify them as we are one, that they would be one. You know, again, think about that for a minute, how important it is to be focused. I think, again, that's why we come together on Sunday morning. I think it's why we sing songs. I think that's why we look at God's word, because it reminds me of my focus. Where do I need to be concentrating on? What is the desire of our heart? Well, to do what God's called us to do. What is it that God's called you to do today? I want you to know, first of all, you're not alone in doing it. I like that. I'm not alone. I thank God. You know, we have radio stations all over the United States. And that was all because of unity in thought and what we want to do. And you don't need millions to do it. In fact, Jesus is praying for literally the, the 11 disciples at this point. Judas had already left. He went to betray Jesus' whereabouts. So he's talking about all the disciples except Judas Iscariot that they would be one in doing what God's called them to do. You don't need millions of dollars and you don't need millions of people. All you need is unity of the brethren. You can do amazing things. Remember, you and Jesus are a majority in every situation. I like that. So you're not alone. And this morning, if you feel like you've been abandoned or you feel alone, don't ever feel that way. God loves you. And he opens the doors and answers your prayers so that you can be about your father's business. And I'll tell you, he'll move whatever needs to be moved to allow you to be part of his family. He just does that. And why is that? Because there's a greater purpose for you in your life than you know today. I know a lot of times, well, God, I'm pretty, I'm pretty snuggled in right here. I kind of like right where I'm at. I, I, you know, we like that. We like convenience, don't we? We, we? we like having all of our little picket fences all in a row. And I know where my boundaries are. And God comes along in his great love and is prodding us on and, does, and jumbles everything up. So we'll go back and pray and rely upon him. I like that. God's never forgotten you. 
You may feel like he has, but he never has. And he moves things around. He moves our positions around. He moves our jobs around. He moves our friends around so that we can accomplish the most for his kingdom. Let him do that in your life. If you're not a Christian here this morning, here's the problem you've got. You're trying to do it all yourself. And you don't know what you're doing. You've listened to your friends. Well, if you want to be successful, you'll do this. If you want to you know, get, that, get that diploma, buy this shiny bright, you know, drive this car, whatever it is. We have a song on the effect that is so good. It's a kind of a rap song, but it's, it's, I'm not the car I drive. I'm not the clothes I wear. It's true. Who you are in Jesus, that's what's important this morning. If you're not a Christian here this morning, I can guarantee you a couple of things. One, you're unsure about the future. Number two, your destiny in life is confused. Number three, you have no one to go to with the issues of your life. And number four, you have no real hope for tomorrow. But if you are a Christian here today, you have a Father in Heaven that loves you. You have somebody that's going before you, making the crooked places straight, as it says in Isaiah. You have somebody that's given you an eternal purpose and an eternal reward and friends to help you do it. You can't lose that way. If you're not a Christian here this morning, the Bible says to repent. What's repent mean? Doing it yourself. Doing your own goal. Doing your own thing. God says it's time to change. So what we do, we come to the cross. We lay all of our goals all of the things we want, I say, okay, Lord, no longer I, you live within me. And God says, okay, now we can get somewhere. You would have chased your tail forever. But God's got a purpose far beyond yours. Now, you'll never know what that is until you pray and ask God in your life. Now, the Bible says sin, which we're born with, and we continue to do till we're born again, has broken the communication with God. But when we pray, we say, Lord, forgive me. God sends out his Holy Ghost telephone truck and restores the phone lines. And now you can talk to God again. Say, okay, God, what do you want me to do for you? And God says, okay, let's do something that's going to last forever. All right. And we're about our Father's business. The Bible says we repent, receive him as Savior, what he did for us on the cross, and now be about your daddy's business. You can't lose with that. This morning, if you've never asked Christ in your life, I want to invite you to pray and ask God to come in your life. We're going to pray right now. And you, Christians, you might want to help them along, but we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to do life changing, not only in this room, but across America and all the way around the world on the internet right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I repent of the foolish way I've lived. I realize I had no one to watch after me. I'm an orphan. But from this day forward, I accept you as my Father in heaven. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And so, God, make my purposes of my life yours. I want to live for you. And so I surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to do what you've called me to do. And thank you for writing my name in your book of life that I spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.